Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm 5, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. Hey everyone, I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we're talking about left-wing and right-wing politics. Wow, really? I never thought we'd get uh, political on this podcast. Well, we agreed not to, and uh, a five-year-old is clearly not political at all. But imagine just being asked the basics. Where do the terms left and right in politics come from? That is a good question. You know, the uh, actual origin of those terms goes all the way back to the French Revolution, where people who supported the revolution literally hung out on the left side of the room, while supporters of the king tended to hang out on the right side of the room. Um, this was back when, you know, the French Revolution of 1789, the members of the National Assembly. Um, one deputy, the Baron de Gaval, I think he explained it as they began to recognize each other, you know, and those who were loyal to religion and king took a position to the right of the chair so, so as to avoid the shouts and indecencies that were enjoying free reign on the opposing camp. So in general, the left wing uh, tends to be the more liberal side of the group as a whole. So now any group that really does not want to do something new is probably going to be called left wing. Meanwhile, a more conservative group that either doesn't want to change or maybe wants to change back to the old way of doing things is going to be called right wing. Doesn't it go even further back than the French Revolution? Yeah, it actually does go further back all the way to the ancient Romans. But for the same reason, and for the same reason too. Uh, but it wasn't really used to describe and group different ideologies uh, and parties until the French Revolution. Aren't political scientists also responsible in part for this? Uh, yes, definitely. Political scientists these days, they've observed that the ideologies of political parties can be mapped along a single kind of left-right axis, so it helps to kind of differentiate. Okay, so let's talk about political parties then. What does a party look like on the left? Well, it can mean different things depending on the context of who's speaking, uh, and also what time frame we're talking about. Um, but the first modern political parties were on the left. Liberals, they were called, organized by the middle class in the 19th century to protect them against the aristocracy. They were, there were, they were major political parties in that century, but declined in the, in the 20th century as first kind of the working class came to support socialist parties and economic and social change kind of eroded their middle class base. Okay, so how did parties on the right come to be then? Right, so on the right, conservative parties arose actually in opposition to liberals in order to defend the aristocratic privilege. Uh, but in order to also attract voters, uh, they became less doctrinaire than liberals. Uh, however, they were unsuccessful in most countries and generally have been able to achieve power only through cooperation with other parties. So this gets us talking about what each of the left and right believe. So keeping it really simple, how do we explain uh -huh. general left-right ideology as if we're explaining to a non-voting five-year-old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean, of course. I mean, generally, the, the left wing is characterized by an emphasis on things like freedom, equality, fraternity, rights, progress, reform, internationalism, um, while the red wing is characterized by more things like authority and hierarchy, things like order, duty, so, uh, tradition as well, uh, and a bit of nationalism too. Specifically to American politics, the left and right wing is a spectrum that has mostly to do with economic liberty too. The left here, they favor economic regulation and the use of the state to protect individuals, 
while the right favors economic deregulation and a belief that free markets tend to sort themselves out. Now, wasn't there a switch on the progressive versus conservative spectrum at some point? Mm, what do you mean? Uh, didn't the American political, uh, the political parties in America uh, and in the US, I mean, switch at some point, Republicans in the early 1800s being generally more progressive and Democrats being more conservative and now it's the opposite? Yeah, yeah, sort of. I think the switch you're referring to started in the, in the 1940s when the Democrats officially adopted civil rights as part of their party platform. And what really kicked into gear was actually in the 1960s. Um, after JFK was assassinated and Lyndon Johnson became president, he rammed the Civil Rights Act down Congress's throat. This was the first real sign to a lot of voters that Democrats were now interested in progressive values. Uh, and along the same lines, in that same time frame, in 1964, the presidential election, Republicans reacted to that by nominating Barry Goldwater, a very conservative candidate. Uh, how he lost in one of the largest landslides in American history, but the Republican Party had to do some soul searching, and uh, the hardcore conservatives seized uh, the power, the party power positions, and actually started using populism to try to win elections. Uh, by scaring white voters about things like crime and civil rights and the end of morality in America, they would they were winning elections. And Ronald Reagan was swept into the California governor's mansion on a wave of populism here. So the result, all of this kind of combined kind of ended up with a more conservative Republican Party. Mm, makes sense. And, and yeah, yeah. And, and meanwhile, um, Northern liberal Republicans were also getting ostracized in their own party uh, for supporting civil rights and voted out of office by voters for not being Democrats. Uh, along the same lines, on the other side, Democrats were going harder for civil rights and voting rights, while Southern Democrats were feeling abandoned by their party and starting to flip Republicans. Uh, or even going rogue. So at the end of the day, you know, the, the crazy cultural liberalism of the 1960s actually drove a huge conservative backlash reaction that found foot, uh, found root in the Republican Party uh, that we know of today and turned it more conservative. Now, is it true that young people generally are more politically left-leaning? Um, young, young people are not more politically left-leaning than the rest of the population as a general rule. But however, the people who are young right now are, are more politically left-leaning than the rest of the population. I'm talking about the millennials and, and Generation Z here. Is there a good explanation as to why this is? You know, one hypothesis, and there's a lot out there, uh, so remember this is just one point of view, is that young people think the world can change because they see social movements begin and think that good government can help make this happen. So as people grow older, however, they see social movements come and die out and realize the world hasn't changed that much. Uh, they've also seen more examples of bad government than good, which convinces them that less government is better. So, you know, they realize that supporting idealistic causes is only holding them back financially and their boycotts of big corporations only making them drive further and pay more to get the products they want when they could be spending time and money on their own family. Okay, so let's end with the most important question of all for a five-year-old. Mm -hmm. Why the elephant and why the donkey? <laughs> oh, the elephant and the donkey. Uh, actually, it all comes down to one political cartoon by Thomas Nast, first published in Harper's Weekly all the way back in the 1870s. Isn't he considered the father of the modern political cartoon? Yep. Uh, from the 1880s, 1880s onwards, uh, cartoonists basically followed Nast and used the donkey to represent the Democrats and the elephant to represent the Republicans.
Okay, so why the donkey and the elephant? Well, the common mascot symbol for the Democratic Party has been a donkey or the, the jackass because Andrew Jackson's enemies uh, basically twisted his name to jackass as a term of ridicule regarding kind of a stuber, stu stupid and stubborn animal. Uh, the Democrats actually liked the common man implications and picked it up too, and therefore the image persisted and evolved. Uh, and on the other side, an image of an elephant was featured as a Republican symbol in at least one political cartoon and a newspaper illustration during the Civil War when seeing the elephant was an expression used by soldiers to mean experiencing combat. Uh, but it didn't start to take hold of the, as a GOP symbol until Thomas Nass you know, used it in his cartoon, which he titled uh, The Third Term Panic. Fascinating. Did you learn something new today? If you did, send us a tweet or send us an email. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have suggestions on future episodes. Thank you, as always, to the wonderful community at r slash explain like I'm five on Reddit. We will see you all next week.